friend was broke. She didn't know what to do or where to turn. I'm Nora Ellen. The reason I began this podcast called Women Starting Over is to help women like my friend who find themselves in financial hardship, like divorce, or lost their job or went bankrupt, or maybe, sadly, their husband passed away. You will love these real-life stories of my guests of how they went from being broke to hope to financial success. If she can do it, so can you. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back. I have a really awesome guest on the show today. She was raised in Detroit, an only child, treated like a princess, enjoyed all of the cultural wonders of life, dance, music, and success. She was definitely doted on, had fabulous parents. Sadly, she lost her way and ended up in prison for six years. During that time, though, she thought a lot about what she had done, what brought her to that point, became enlightened to the truth of what life is about, met God, and is now, after coming out of prison, a success when it comes to business. And she's a generous philanthropist. She has wonderful visions for her life when it comes to being an entrepreneur and also helping inner city kids and has a vision to help them so they don't end up in the place that she has. She's an incredible person. You're going to enjoy her story. Welcome, Ellen Lee. Hi, everyone. How are you today? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good to be here. Oh, we love having you. All right, Ellen, you were raised in Detroit. If you want to start with your family history, like we had talked about when it comes to money and income, what you thought about that, and go ahead and start your story. Well, my parents geared me for success in a perfect world, I guess you would say at the time, or a world where you you went to school, uh, you pick a degree, which my parents had hoped for me to be a doctor, and you're, you're set. They set us up for success. But because of sometimes environment, you know, my, I lost my mother at a young age. I was 16, had a six-month-old child. Um, and I did have a, a job. I worked at a pharmaceutical company. Um, but I took a detour. And that detour led me to what uh, the young people say, street life. And I, it, it, it was, I don't want to say it's easy, but it was easy for me to be influenced to that life because what you see is material things and, and, and the money and things like that. So that led me down that road. And when you continue on that road, a lot of avenues become open because they see your loyalty or whatever justification for it. And, um, and I could have did this a different way and followed my parents' path and had a better outcome. But 
I went down that road. That road led me to a conspiracy charge. And I did seven years total, uh, including the halfway house part um, that I spent six months in. And during that time, you think about everything your parents taught, uh, your friends did, some of your friends and family did the complete opposite. They went to school, they went to college, they followed, you know, they were obedient. And I said I was just went off the grid. (laughs) So, and I didn't realize what type of situation I was putting my children at at that time because all you your blinders are on and you see money, material things, money, and this is easy and it wasn't. So that's what happened. I detoured off that that narrow path and went on to another path of destruction. At what point during that time would you say impacted you the most? Was it a a person in particular or go into a minute of just saying what during that time impacted you the most about money income? It was people had, I had start surrounding myself around people that I I was dating a guy and his sister was kind of, well, sisters were in that life. And, you know, I would come around them and I'm like, you know, furs, jewelry, money, how did y'all get this? You know, kind of pretty much thoughts. I knew what it was, but I'm like, how can I, you know, and you think, how can I tap into, you know, and you get involved. And once you get involved, it's hard to pull out. Because a lot of things happen along the way. Everything is not always good. And so you move and then you, you get back in and you, you do this. And it's, it was just, uh, it, it was people for me that got me into it more so than, you know, or I allowed myself to be introduced to that life. And I followed that path for some years. Uh, from maybe about eight, 1986 to 2002. That's a long time. That's longer than most people stay at their one job. Right. Okay. And that's a good to share that because so our friend listening, if they're in that scenario or they know someone in that scenario, you have to set boundaries for yourself knowing where is that cutoff and don't even go anywhere near it when you know that could head for trouble. So, okay. So keep going. What happened after that? Well, uh, July 11, 2002, uh, I was out of town. I was between, uh, right going into Nebraska and I had the, I had this discernment all the time through this, you know, and, you know, I, I believe that God keeps you for his glory and he has something better. But I had to go through this to really pull me out of it in order to see where he was taking me to. Well, however, 
I had a feeling I stopped and I told people I was with, I said, I don't feel comfortable with this. I said, this sounds like a setup to me. And when we got to the destination where we were supposed to pick this guy up who claimed he had car trouble, we were put, and, and I said, no, 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 no. I told him, I said, get in the car. I said, there's police everywhere in this little town. And, and I said, in this little town, this, this many people aren't up riding around at two or three o'clock in the morning. So they never listened to me. So, however, we did a circle and he jumped back because he had jumped out the car and ran over to the hotel. And then the next thing, I'm like, let's get out of here. And uh, we got on the freeway and police was everywhere. And I stretched down the highway with uh, putting being put in hand, handcuffs. So okay. then I went to... to to a grand jury and then I start beginning this process and I went to a county jail that had to be the worst in the country wow. which I, I got uh, what they call MRSA all kind of things I, I, it was a oh, horrifying uh, situation that I I put myself into so then it's I accepted like you... my responsibility mm. yeah good for you to do that it's it's good you had a good attitude about it because there are people that maybe get angry and think it's everybody else's fault or blame or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you started to wake up. And mm-hmm. I know you shared while you were in prison, you thought of, of about your life. You had a good amount of time to think and you came mm-hmm. up with the right thinking, what we call a renewed mind in the right way. And then share with us what it was like right before you got released and then when you got released? It was a surety about, I knew who I was becoming. And when you leave out those doors, um, when you leave out, I wasn't behind a gate. It was a camp, a federal prison camp they put me in and I was behind a fence. And, but when you leave from there, and I, I got in a program called RDAP, and that probably made everything much better because it pulled out that old me completely uh, before I came in, came home. Uh, I, I wasn't a drug user or anything, but I got into the drug program. It cut some of your time because I had a hundred and eight. I had a nine year sentence, oh. and uh, but the things I went through, and a lot of times I cried in there. Uh, other uh, people were trying to take my program. You can lose your program in there if you're not careful and mindful. But I prayed a lot. And uh, it didn't happen. And I came home. And like I said, I was there. My support system, uh, my summer came. uh, My oldest daughter um, wasn't able to. um, She had been incarcerated. And um, I had support system that met me there some was for me and some wasn't but the ones who came 
when I got there, because I took the bus home, I was supposed to get a ride home, and that got all messed up, and I was in tears then. I'm like, am I, because they won't let you out. And so my counselor made sure she got a bus ticket, and I took the bus home, and that gave me more thought. And and my dad was extremely supportive of when I came home. I didn't have clothes, shoes, none of that. And my father made sure I had pajamas and things like that, the stuff that I didn't take with me, you know, because other girls in there didn't have things, so I left a lot of things there. Uh, but my father... Uh, had me when I came home. He su- he supported me. He under he understood what I had been through. Uh, my dad would come see me, and I know he wasn't able to. He would pay somebody to bring him to see me. So it was hard on my father. So those are the things we have to think about. The the consequences and people don't think about the consequences when they get into that lifestyle. And that to me, it's only two options, death or jail. When you choose that path. That is good advice. It's going to just be one or the other. Yeah. And that's wonderful that you did have a support system to come out to. And I, that really makes me sad that there's people, even though you did time and you obviously changed, that they would, they would come out to give you a hard time. What is wrong with people? Oh, and I'm glad yeah. that your dad did support you. I, I imagine he probably felt partially responsible. But let's go ahead and talk about once you did get out your journey to the success that you have today. Share some mm-hmm. details with our friend listening so she can get well, it some. It didn't happen right away where I thought it this in the last couple of years, I changed my whole thing to being an entrepreneur. I did get a great job. I, I spent time mostly with my dad and I kept a, you know, a job, a, you know, some job so that I could maintain my bills, but I knew it wasn't enough. But then when my father passed in 2011, I was blessed to get another job that paid more money, better, great benefits, everything. And I had a manager that was awesome and amazing. And I worked that job, but I said, it's got to be more to this. I was called to help people. That's always been a passion to help. Um, I do have organizations that I contribute to, like St. Jude's, uh, I, I volunteer at the, our Detroit Boxing Gym, which is an organization for kids after school program, and I help tutor. Um, uh, uh, there's so uh, Cancer Foundation, um, part of my product, one of my products, I donate proceeds to the Breast Cancer Association. So uh, I'm trying to think real quick and asking for guidance on this, but um, I first heard this young gentleman, and his name is John Henry Style. He's in his 20s, and he's he has a venture capital firm, and I heard him on a podcast like we're on today, and he was saying a lot of things that made sense, and you know, God prepares you for different phases in your life, 
So I was saying, this sounds good. And I was saying, well, you're not here. You live in New York or whatever. And how can, and I kept following him and listening to his nuggets. But then here in Michigan, Detroit, I started listening to uh, uh, Mr. Art Cartwright, which is, he's a pastor, but he's a businessman. Nice. I love that combination. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, well, I have a great pastor too. I I go to two churches. Uh, my pastor helped me cultivate me and his his family cultivate me in the way of what I'm learning about the Bible and how Jesus wants us to live. Uh, and so, start bringing that all into my forefront. I started that journey with Christ again. I was always raised in the church, but I got on a real relationship with the Lord. And then, well, I went to Faith Covenant Fellowship, and I got to it with God moves you too. So I kept hearing Mr. Cartwright on the phone. I said, "Well, what on on the radio?" And I'm like, "Why is he talking about business and come on Sundays?" I said, "That's when people go to church." I had no clue that he was a pastor. So I went after I got out of my church, and he talked about entrepreneurship. And one of the verses is Luke 19.13, occupy till I come. And what that means is do trade, buy and sell, e-commerce, you know. And I'm like, okay. And he would teach us uh, in Scripture what it meant and how our hearts were. Do we have a heart for just material things? Or do we have a heart for our people? So I'm like, okay, now this is really, really making sense. So let me start, and I start going on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and it'd be Bible studies on Tuesday, uh, entrepreneurship class on Tuesdays. He has Q&A and on Saturdays, and then he has service, two services on Sunday. So, you know, I was going there, and I'm learning about all this, and it's a lot, and it's a lot of work, but I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. I would not take back one or ask for one dime back but you get my money back that I invested in the business because uh, I have three you guys um, I have one company that I deal strictly with buyers like Menards or something I get products and I go to these buys and I sit there with people that in the reality most folks like I don't have no business sitting there but that and I said, and I sit there and I'm nervous each time I go or have a meeting or a Zoom meeting. I get nervous, but I still, I don't give up. I have something coming up with them in March again. And I'll keep coming until I get that yes for my product. Uh, I, I've been to the Dollar Tree right before the pandemic started. I had a meeting at the Dollar Tree in February, which they like this notebook in it. Nor Ellen, it happens to be one of the the notebook that Summer designed. She designed it a painting and I put it on the for the buyer. And that's out of all the artwork I submitted, that's what they chose. Her painting of a ballerina in the waves. And it's called Dancing in the Waves. And so um, that spring buy is coming up. I have a Bloody Mary mix uh, with my company is Louisa Southern Cuisine Bloody Mary Mix, which I have in local stores here. And I'm working this year real hard 
at getting into big box stores like Myers, Kroger's, and stores that have liquor products. Um, and I have one more company, and that's my eyeglassware, and that's Amelia Grace Collection. Um, and it's on Instagram and Facebook. So entrepreneurship is hard work. It's, it's real hard. It's sometimes staying up all night till four or five because you're communicating with people in other countries. Uh, it's just research, uh, know your product. It's, it's, it's a lot of entail. But I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world right now because my bigger picture is having my own factory right here in the U.S. producing my own products. Uh, my Bloody Mary mix is made here, but I have a company that, that makes it for me, so I don't have that problem. But with uh, my sunglasses and optical wear, I want my own factory where I can hire people who have been in the same situation that I have been in, and it's never too late to to live out your dreams or visions, never too late. I am 64 years old, be 65 this year, and it's not too late for anyone, not too young either. Um, I'm teaching my great-granddaughter uh, a few things about being an entrepreneur, and I asked her uh, recently, I said, uh, are you ready to be a entrepreneur, a business uh, lady? And she said, yes. I said, so what would you like? And she said, I want my own clothing line. I said, okay, well, think about it. Think about your name. Think about what type of product. And we'll get start your company. Uh, and she's eight. But she <laughs> she's eight years old, but she she's something amazing. But I just want ladies to know we have to empower each other. We have to, I feel we have to lift each other up. It's, it's never too late. Uh, uh, even if you have a job, because I, I worked my job and I, my, I'm in, I was in a travel industry and that job ended last year because nobody is going on leisure vacation. So, uh, 2021 is full throttle for me in in business. And, you know, I'm just praying that whoever is listening, you can do it. You can start it, you know. And if you ever need help, feel free to reach out to me. Nora Ellis can share uh, my email address. Uh, if you have questions, if you want to know anything. I don't know. My mentor teaches everything that I know and there's still a whole lot that I'm struggling with but I keep on and the more I keep on uh, in the Bible it says I'll show you he didn't say I'll give you he said I'll show you how to get well I will give you favor with man That's God uses man for us he said and that's what the word says. So I believe in the word. And um, and, and that's my personal belief. And uh, But to the women who are listening, there is nothing that you cannot do or obtain. Just have that faith. Believe in yourself. 
sometimes you'll have to separate yourself uh, from other distractions, people. And they and the people that love you, they understand that, okay, she's doing this and she has to focus on this. She can't go to this party or she can't go to this event or that event. And most of my events are webinars, ladies. There's so many different things. I fun women. Uh, Hello, Alice. They have webinars to help you grow your business. And I spend a lot of time with that, especially since the pandemic. I used to go to the trade show. But let me stop because I can go on. Oh, no, this is great. <laughs> this is exactly what what our listener needs to hear from you. About your Amelia Grace with the glasses, could you share with our friend listening, step-by-step, step, how did you start that? How did you, did you uh, ha- have one made or taking a product I, to market? Well, I went with something passionate uh, that I like, uh, glasses, eyeglasses. I love eyeglasses. I always have. I've been wearing them since I was seven. So I got into eyeglasses uh, because it was just something I like. And I'm not, and see, another thing, ladies, don't look for results right away because they don't come right away. You got to put your work in. You got to think, you know, ask for strategies. You got to get with people who are marketing strategists and you say, oh, well, I don't have the money, but guess what? The money will come. I guarantee you the money. There's all kind of programs, grants, whatever. You just got to, uh, Habeka Tutu says, write it down, make it plain up on tables. Just make it plain. Um, uh, you'll begin to draw people to unto you to to help you. You know, I, you, know uh, you may have different beliefs than me, but if you work at it, Doors are open. Doors are begin to open. Um, and if you're in Detroit metropolitan area and you hear me, uh, the place that I go is Global Empowerment Ministries called Gem. And it's on Van Dyke on the east side of Detroit where I came from. And I learn about entrepreneurship. And I also learn more about uh, the word. Everybody in there aren't uh have the same beliefs, but they will sit there and listen to Mr. Cartwright and what he has to say. And they come faithfully, you know, no matter who they are, they may not be, you know, Christian. They may be Muslim. They may be, you know, uh, Buddhist. But the point is we do this so that we can be a blessing, create generational wealth. And, and and that's what it's about. It's just not about you and your family. It's about you and other people. You know, uh, I just see it even at this late time of my life. People say, oh, I'm not built for it. And everybody's not built for it. But, uh, uh, yeah, Nora Ellen, do you have any questions? <laughs> no, that's <for> wonderful. <laughs> okay, so you thought, uh, you loved eyeglasses and you thought, okay, I want to make eyeglasses and sell them. What's the Mm -hmm. first step that you did? The first step, I formed the company. I got my LLC. Um, You have to form your company. Before you start really going off deep, 
you form your LLC, you get your EIN, you start getting things in place to start your business. Then you think of a product. So I chose glasses. Uh, what I did, I was very selective. I, I buy them out of the country for now. Uh, but I, I'm very particular about glasses. So I have a signature line. And they, they are handmade wooden glasses and um, eco-friendly. And uh, I have a wonderful young lady that I buy them from. So I'm very selective. I name each one of my glasses because each one has a different personality. So, um, and if you ever want to take a look, I'm revamping that this year. Uh, I'm not super pleased with my website. And I want to create something clear and concise because you do make mistakes. In business, <laughs> it's a it's a learning journey. That's it's for a sure. Learning journey, absolutely. And if you ever, if anybody listens, just you can come to my website, take a look at it, and um, it's Amelia Grace Collection. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, our website is www.ameliagracecollections.com. And then I began to search, and, and, and it took me a long time to pick out certain glasses. I was back and forth, back and forth, <laughs> here and there, you know, uh, and I like the wood mine. And then I have some other certain glasses that I have for teenagers. You know, they don't cost that much because they sometimes have to spend their own money. And I'm being transparent with that because, and I made that teenage line so they can't afford to look a little fly, savvy, diff, different. And then I have a kid's line. I call them my Wall Street kids. <laughs> and <cute>. uh, <laughs> yeah, so, and and I had an excellent model, uh, my nephew, King, that's his name. And he did a remarkable job for <laughs> a, a kid. And my great grand, she models too. So they, they, tremendous. Those are my Wall Street kids. And so that's how I got into picking out glasses. And then I just had my cases made. I had her put our logo on. I had wooden cases. So it, it takes time. It takes money. And it doesn't happen right away. But I used a lot of the money that I work for on my job at the time and and then any money that I get I, I really put it back in my business that's wonderful uh, okay and then you have two other businesses do you want to pick one and say what you the did Bloody Mary mix <laughs> yes let's talk about that how you what did you do to get that product ready for market what I did I I went to a trade show and it was uh, in Chicago, a big trade show at McCormick Place. And you walk around, you pick a product, uh, any food product. Uh, they have private labeling. And private labeling, labeling is when uh, you pick something out that somebody manufactures. Or you can add to the recipe, and they will, but you pick your product out and you put your company name on it. It's just that simple and uh, they give you samples of what you like and I have always kind of liked Bloody Mary and I walked around and I went a, 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 a whole lot of tasting and 
compliment. You don't even have to eat lunch at these trade shows because for somebody, you know, but that one, that mix that I chose, it, it, it's my company and it's Louisa Southern Bloody Mary mix. It's Louisa's, I'm sorry, Louisa's Southern Cuisine Bloody Mary mix. And I developed a label. I had a graphic designer uh, do a label and I get it. It's bottled up and ready to go into the store. And I have it in local stores around here right now. And I'm trying to get it in a big box store this year. So uh, that's sometimes can be a longer process. Um, and you do have to invest so that the right people see your product when you're going into the big box store. But I do have this product. I had this product in York. Also, a lady seen me on uh, a platform called Range Me, and she had started purchasing cases. Uh, I have it up there in uh, Michigan by Michigan State. So uh, it's just various places. And, and, well, I've been in a cast for a couple of months that slowed me down. But my nephew, and I want to give him credit, Michael, He's uh, the third has helped me because he was in this. He was a um, he he uh, he did deliver uh, spirit mixes and 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 liquor, and so this was his forte. So he's been helping me get it into other stores. So I have it in about maybe five more stores uh, further out in Michigan. So he's been a blessing. And uh, my nephew, Gordon, he helps me with numbers. And uh, I have a partner, uh, Paul Mitchell, who has is, is been really, really great with me and patient. You know, so I, I've had different people that come into my life and people that I watch that actually have it, their products in Walmarts and, and things. And so I believe it. And I keep doing it until it gets on a larger level. And then I'll go from there as far as, because I've been looking at buildings. Uh, that's how I see the vision. I've been looking at buildings for sale here in Michigan. So when I get ready to get that factory, I'll be able to get it. That's what I believe. That's wonderful. And that is key. Having a vision, believing you can do it. Surrounding yourself with a support group, believe that there are people to help. You did your research and you went for it. This has been an absolutely wonderful episode. Before we go, though, the other, the third business. Do you want to just give a quick recap? Uh, for- uh, that recap. That is my other company that I deal with. I have uh, door knobs, uh, door handles, uh, leeway supplies. LLC have doorknobs door ha- that I present to places like Menards. I have stationery that I present to places like the Dollar Tree, Family Dollar, uh, Walmart. So, I, you know, when I go back into uh, my business community and church, I will be asking to get my Bloody Mary mix and my notebooks into Walmart. And he has access to, Scarborough has access to Walmart Target. Chrysler, and that's the next product that he wants us to get an automotive product. But I'm not savvy in it, so I'm going to have to talk to my husband about it. But that's real short and simple. And I, I 
do want to thank my friends and close family, cousins who support me and see the journey. Um, uh, uh, they know who they are. Uh, I We grew up together, uh, the McDuffie family and friends, uh, Virgie, one of my good friends. So I just want to shout you out and <laughs> people who believe in me, give me uh, knowledge, summer, uh, Grace, my granddaughter, Michael, they encouraged me. And uh, great-granddaughter, she encouraged me. Another mm-hmm. people encouraged me. So that's wonderful. I just want to shout you out today. And my <laughs> husband, of course, that tolerates me. <laughs> he helps. He has to do a lot of work that he don't want to do. Of but course. he does. Yeah. My husband, of course. Yeah, of course. You're the visionary, though. But and I think it's wonderful that you did the shout out to the people that support you. We want to be grateful and show gratitude to those that do help us. One quick question before we end. Mm -hmm. How do you get a meeting with somebody at Dollar Tree or Walmart? Okay. um, Like I said, I'm fortunate that... uh, Mr. Cartwright has products himself in these stores and he's, he's close to being a billionaire. Uh, uh, we have super PAC meetings as well. Anyway, he has an inside connection, but anybody really can do it. Uh, they have these buys every year. Walmart has a website. If you go on Walmart, uh, or suppliers, diversity program especially women, uh, women of color, uh, women, period. We have, uh, some of us have double minorities. We're, we're, we're uh, a woman and we're different at, we're ethnic group. So we have, some of us have double minorities. There's organizations to, to, to be a part of. And one is the WBENC and it's a, a organization for women and they push and help you. So there's a lot of ways to get in. Range me is another way to get into stores, uh, but you have to meet cer- certain criteria. And like I shared with you earlier, if anybody want to reach out to me and ask me any more questions, feel free. Uh, I, I'm giving uh, Nora, uh, you know, oh, the okay if they want to send me an email because I do respond to people. I'm on social media on Amelia Grace Collections uh, and underscore, underscore Ellen, uh, underscore one. You know, you can always DM me, reach out to me personally on Instagram or Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Uh, So I I don't have a problem assisting in what I can. That's wonderful. That is exactly why I had you on this podcast. As you said earlier, we have to empower each other as women and lift each other up. I also loved what you said about how God uses man. He he uses people. That's how he set it up. Thank you for sharing. You gave a lot of ideas and inspiration, motivation. Thank you, Ellen. You're an absolute doll. And to our listener, be sure to follow her. And in my description of the podcast, I will have her website, like she said, Amelia Grace Collections, it's plural.com. And you'll be able to reach out to Ellen, follow her. She's absolute amazing person. And you can also follow me on 
Instagram and and Facebook too. All right, that's it for now. And we'll see you next time on Women Starting Over. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, my friend, thank you for letting me be with you today. Please leave a review so that women that need help can find this podcast. I am Nora Ellen, your host. See you next time on Women Starting Over.